you know, so today I don't, I'm like, I don't really want to read stories. I have one story I could read, but I'm not, I'm not jumping into it. I'm just, just prefacing the, uh, the episode. I, uh, I, I got two things that I, I can talk about that are, um, um, more topical. Um, but I, uh, but yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like re like, well, I have one thing that I could read and feel fine about, but I don't really want to like do a huge diatribe reading into something, but we got 30 minutes. So it's a 30 minute episode. It could be a new, a new short of some sort. So um, what do you got? What do you got on your end? <laughs> um, what do I have? Well, I mean, I'm sorry. Are you getting into it? I I usually do that as part of the episode. I was, I was doing it prefacing the episode, but um. Like, I mean, like, I didn't mean, like, actually get into it. I just meant, like, do you have two stories? Do you have three stories? Are they long stories? You got big pieces? Are you going to read? What, like, that's, I, I that's got what some I stuff. I mean, I'm not going to read like I did. Okay. I change stuff, but I, okay. there, there is a bit of, there's, there's some reading involved. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So you got, you got a few stories. All right. So let me, um, I can kick off with um, my story. Because <laughs> like, I feel like you got to get into this episode because it's, it's going to be uh, too late. So, um. So I, um, I I went down a rabbit hole where I've been uh, listening and, and and watching old clips of Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald died, unfortunately, passed away of a with of cancer after a long private battle of uh, a little under ten years doing so. And, um, and 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 you know most people when they do die, you know, it, there's definitely a big hubbub, right? And 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 rightfully so, especially with people who have, have created genius. Uh, it's nice to honor them, but. You know, the funny thing about Norm Macdonald for me, and I, I can't tell if it's Norm Macdonald himself or if it's just that I'm of, of a certain age, but I, I'm looking back at him and, you know, I, I, there's, there's a few comics that I just write off there. And, and, and it's not, you know, I'm, it's not just, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a comic snob and, and there's any justification for it. There's just, there's a but, few comics. But you are, but you are. a. Com- there's a few comics that I just write off. I'm just going to, I'm just going to. St- tramp uh stample over you um trampede over you right now and uh <laughs> and uh and, and, and one is colin quinn so at me colin quinn if you ever if you ever listen to this uh i am just like i don't get it i i don't get the humor there i don't really you didn't see his history it. his history bit colin quinn um, yeah he had that like history bit i think seinfeld may have been a part right, of it fine, i'll look at it I'll look up. It, I'll look it, it up. was kind of cool. He went through all the different countries. You don't need to. You, like this is he's not dead yet. So when he's dead, we'll talk about him. <laughs> the, the Norm Macdonald, right? You know the SNL that he was a part of, which I think is really interesting, was the Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, you know that period of SNL. And we were in high school at that time, so that's sort of our SNL. And the thing is that when I was in high school at the time, you know everyone was all about Farley, everyone was about Sandler, even uh, Ed Spade, of course, but. Uh, but, but no, no one talked about Norm Macdonald. No, no one. I mean, like the kids. Like weekend update, man. I it, like weekend update. Well, you're weekend an old update. soul. You're an old soul. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, look, this this could be a particular story. You know, he could have been revered by people watching SNL at the time. I have to say that, and, and I've talked to a couple of my other friends who, I mean, yeah, they're all in the same high school. But they, yeah, we didn't get it. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't really a big fan of Norm Macdonald. I didn't. I didn't understand the humor. I didn't. I just. I just thought it was kind of like smart. He's a smart dude. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, well, look, look, I guess, you know, if you're at the, if you're you out there listening, see? hold on. If you're out there listening in Twitter, I, I could be dull. I could just be a dull, a dull old uh, pencil in the old pencil case. Okay. Who just didn't you're get it. The flash. Well, that, I'm the just, flash. well, that's you what I'm trying to say. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I, 
I, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's what you get when you're high. That's why SNL in, in, in particular is attractive to high schoolers. You, you like that, you know, the, the stick, you like the characters, you know, I'm just saying that I've got a new appreciation for Norm Macdonald and that, and that's what I think is kind of sad. That's why I'm saying this is hitting me a little bit because I'm like, I'm, I'm because everyone's re-uploading his clips and, uh, and, uh, and talking about him in various ways. And I'm like, holy crap. I had no idea the sophistication and the heat and the and the intelligence that went behind his joke making. And I, I feel that's what I'm saying. I feel like I missed out. Uh, and, and so I guess that's why I'm, I'm a little upset regrets. about this. We all have regrets. Well, this is now turning into a regret that I never expected. I didn't see it coming. That's the thing. I feel like most regrets you see coming in a certain sense. And this one, I just, <laughs> I just didn't see it coming. And it's got me. It's got me a little bit. Uh, for the listeners out here, there's a great uh, interview. Mark Marin. he just took the Norm McDonald interview out of the paywall. That's usually in the Mark, uh, what, what the, it's like the WTF Mark Marin uh, podcast. And you could go listen to it. They put it on YouTube and everything. And it's, he's fascinating. Norvell's absolutely a fascinating guy. And I'm just like, I'm in awe of his intelligence. And I just, I completely wrote him off. It's just like, so, like just hacky. I just didn't get it. I, I, I feel so bad about that. But I guess you did. Why don't you go into it, Jay? Since you're uh, a maestro and you're well, you know, you're 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 learned beyond your years. Listen, Mr. Uh, Classical Education, let me have mine. Yeah, you know what? I should give this to you. Go into it. Yeah. So tell me about Norm McDonald. Tell me about how you knew about him. My Norm McDonald, I have two I have two stories, one one realization epiphany and one um one one kind of sad. So the first time I, I always like Norm McDonald from Weekend Update, but I like Weekend Update. I, I, I like the format of that skit. So I, I kind of like anyone that's in that. But that growing up, it was Norm McDonald. So that's how I knew Norm McDonald. And then he was on an episode of um, uh, what's what's which Regis's old show? It was uh, uh, what was it? The Today Show, right? No, no, no the, the millionaire Regis show. and Kelly. Oh, oh, that uh, who wants the game to be a show? Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. So uh, Norm Macdonald is on that. And um, I don't want to exaggerate it too much because I saw it when it was live. And that's obviously uh, a long time ago. But this is what I have in my head is that he made it. it they all play for charities when they're when they're the um, celebrities. And so he's playing for some charity and a dude makes it all the way to the end. Doesn't use any lifelines. That's the part I'm a little fuzzy on. But in my head, he didn't use any lifelines. The guy makes it all the way to the end. Last question. And Regis asks him and it's like all or nothing at this point, right? It's like the kids get it all or they get like some menial amount or nothing. And, and Norm like says the answer. And Regis is like, wait, 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 are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? I mean, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. And, and Norm seems so like, well, I don't know what it is, but I think it's this one. And he's gotten everything right up until this point. And Regis talks him out of doing it. All right, fine. For the kids, give them what they got. And it was like half the amount or whatever you, whatever it is at that point in time. And then they show the answer and it was Norm's answer. He got it right. He just like ran the board, ran the whole thing and did it. Wow. And I was so impressed by that. And the way that it wasn't even like, um, I mean, of course it was the fact that he got everything right, but it was his casual nonchalant way of just like nailing it and then doing it in a way where he was like almost playing the fool like oh i can't believe i got that right kind of thing and you're just like dude you are super smart man yeah and and that's what's crazy about it that that's what i'm learning that that's what's so it's it's almost as if he's not living in the same existence like the same reality it's all a joke to him in a way where he knows that he's the smartest dude but for some reason he does not care and it's almost entertaining to him it almost seems like that the rest of us are in the dark 
well, he tells this really cool story in the, and this is, this is why I'm encouraging anyone out there to listen to this interview with Mark Marin and him, because he tells a story about um, being really shy growing up. And then it isn't until this one incident occurs, and I'm not going to spoil it because I think you should go listen to the episode, but he, he essentially says that after that incident, everything to him became funny. And, and, and literally, he just would laugh at just anything, like everything in life just became funny. And then he gets to a point where he's like, life to him is so funny that sometimes he has to calm himself down because he can he can get like an anxiety attack from laughing so hard. And, and I'm, a, I've never heard anyone say something like that before, but it's very much to that where it's like he's living in such a different reality from the rest of us that it's all ridiculous. And that's why he's so casual and able to just like casualify anything that he goes into because he just he's just thinking 18 levels above everyone else, essentially. And that, exactly. It's like, who wants to be a millionaire? You, I can only I can almost imagine it. you've got stupid lights. You've got the dumb music. And I'm sure he finds the whole thing just ridiculously so funny, but he just wants to give some money away to children. And, and I completely see it. I mean, it's that's that that's where i'm in awe basically is i is this realization that i'm coming to of how ridiculously intelligent this guy is and yet how uh sort of sidelined well at least i felt he had been sidelined majority of his career like i mean it, this could it could have been on his own not wanting to do that much uh i i, I did appreciate his uh he had that netflix show uh, which he must have had cancer at the time when the netflix show aired because that was only like what was it like maybe four years ago do you did you ever see that show it's like norm mcdonald has a talk show or something like that like the title itself is so meta i had uh, not seen it well that's why it probably was canceled but the first episode is fantastic it's and i mean i i didn't watch more after that but like because i again i only turned i only tuned in because the first episode is with david spade and i like david spade so i was like i'm gonna watch that first episode and david spade kills it but the but the show is just so ridiculous. You got to see the show. We can maybe like circle back and talk about it because the show is it, it is like it's almost it's so bad. It, it borders on performance art. And at the time, I was sort of like, well, this is interesting. I think this is this is hilarious and how disheveled this show, like how haphazard the show is appearing right now. But I didn't realize that that was all part of his whole career. Like this was just like another little hurdle, not even hurdle. It's just another addition uh, to the sort of the genius that's Norm Macdonald. And I'm just I'm just saying I'm, I'm so freaking impressed. Like, I can't believe how impressed I am with someone who died. I can't believe that, that I can't be that didn't come out exactly right the way I wanted. Mm-hmm. My point, you get yeah, my yeah. point. I hear you. Right. I'm just I can't believe I'm so impressed with somebody and I didn't know how impressive they were this entire time while they were alive. And it's a shame. I think that that's what that's what I'm really caught off guard about how much of a shame it is that the only reason I'm getting to know Norm Macdonald is because I'm being inundated with everything Norm Macdonald all of a sudden. I'm like, I should have been inundated with everything Norm Macdonald all along because the guy's hilarious. Right. I'm just saying, like, I should have I felt like, yeah, I feel like he. Uh, you, you know, you deserve more. You're late to the norm party, but you I'm got late. here. But you got here. Yeah, I got. I got here in the end. You arrived. I, I got here in the end. Sure, people are leaving, and <laughs> the lights are turned off. But you, you, you got here. You made an appearance. There's a cigarette butt in the punch. <laughs> there's, there's a quote that's been circling around, and when you made the comment uh, from the interview about his life and how he how he mm. looked at it. It just, it just reminded me of the quote. So I Googled it really fast because I never actually heard this quote, but several things are attributing it to norm. So I think it's, I think it's accurate, but it's such a norm quote. And if you've ever seen his stand up or his, his, his bits in, in movies or TV shows, it's like, it's such a norm quote and it's being alive is great. You can eat at Denny's. You can wear a hat whenever you want. It's wonderful. 
And that's like such a norm observation to make about life. Yeah. That you just, you know, it, it's just, yeah, you have to, I, 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 like you said, I encourage everyone to go see his stand up, to go watch whatever episodes you can find of his, because it's so subtle. It's so underwhelming in its yeah. delivery, but when you pay attention to what he's saying and then, the, and then in the almost deadpan way that he's saying it, but he always has this smirk. He's, he's just so unique in his delivery. Right. Uh, it, it is really great. The sad part of the Norm story that I had is I have seen Norm uh, in, in stand-up a few times. In the most recent time, it was in Caroline's, I believe, in the city. And this was only a couple years, years ago. Oh, okay. Years ago. So he was still. He and was he, really was, sick. he was drunk out of his mind. Drunk out of his mind. And I've seen him on a few other things. And he was also really drunk. I mean... You couldn't understand what he was saying. Um, he, he would like just like stumble through it and then just say the punchline and everyone would laugh. And it was a mixture of laughing because he told the joke in a way where it was incoherent, but you knew where he was going. Mm-hmm. And then it, you were kind of not laughing at him, but, you know, there's this really, really drunk guy up there. So it was this whole nother layer of the comedy. Right. And we were just like, wow, you know, this guy is just like hitting the bottle pretty hard or is this part of his gig? Mm-hmm. And then when this happened, because he kept this secret. I like turned to my wife and I was like, Oh my God, do you think like he knew this was happening and he just was drinking heavily and, and it just added this whole like sadness Mm. to, to it. And uh, on like a human level that this guy may have been compensating in some way or living this, living this way, knowing that there was this cloud um, following him. So that level of it kind of struck me. Um, not that I felt bad because he got laughs and the place was roaring, but that he had to go through that. And, and if he was indeed compensating in that way, coping in that way, that that's, that's what had to happen, that he kept this to himself, but that may have been a very normal thing to do for those that knew him. Well, he tells a lot of, I mean, I don't know if it's a lot, but there's there's definitely a few clips out there with that are recent. They're within the, the last decade, at least where he jokes about his funeral. He jokes about death. So Clearly, it must have been on his mind to some extent that people just didn't, you know, they weren't in the know. They didn't realize. So I wonder if that it's that's that's what's that's that's the peculiar thing about it. You know, it's the first thing I thought of when he, you know, when I when I got the news is I was thinking, you know, I was like, wow, you you kept this quiet for so long. And it's like, don't I I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I I've had loved ones who passed away from from cancer, but you know, in my head, I'm like, if you, if people know, and they're supporting you, that might, you know, that might help in terms of uh, dealing with it. But, you know, it depends on the personality type. It depends on, you know, what kind of person you are. And, you know, he probably, you know, he did leave, he, he lived nine years with, with essentially was almost like, what's a terminal cancer. So he definitely, you know, he probably, he, he fought it in the way that was probably the best. Um, and that's interesting. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's a cool story though. It's a really cool story. I, I I will also encourage anyone who's out there just to throw out one more thing that they should what it, the, for the first time ever I saw because Conan re-released uh, the clips the two clips from uh, uh, Norm on the on his show and and the moth joke is just like have you seen the moth joke I mean I'm not going to get into it because I can't do it justice but it's, I it's might genius. have just, I yeah, might have saying. I've seen a lot of his late night on bits and so yeah. I I don't you know moth joke I'm not. It's not ringing a bell, but I, yeah, if I started fine. hearing it, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if I had. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there for for the audience to say, you know, you should <laughs> you take a look at that. Take a start there, and then that you'll be intrigued enough after hearing that to say, you know, what what else is out there? 
um, or at least I was. So that was my rabbit hole. That's my that's our little Norm McDonald tribute that I, I if someone had asked me six years ago, if I was going to if I were on a podcast where I do a Norm McDonald tri- tribute, I would be like, are you are you what, what are you smoking crack? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like what, what is it's, it's norm mcdonald what, what do you want to what do you want out of life but uh jesus man i i was asleep I, I was asleep i was asleep at the wheel i was in i was uh i took a blue pill i was in the matrix i i, I was completely i was co- i was comatose i had no idea what was going on so i will i will take that hit i i did not recognize comic comic genius when it was uh when it was live and kicking so damn r.i.p norm seriously seriously dang Man, you're uh speaking of Matrix, did you see the new trailer or no? I did see the new trailer. I did see the new trailer. Man, I'm a little uh saddened because I would have preferred to have Lawrence Fishburne back. You think they'll bring him though? He made maybe no, he made comments. He said comments that he was not invited back to to film. So if they maybe he could come back in a later movie, but it, it sounds like there's a little bit of bad blood between him and the um uh and and uh Oh, is it, was it something it like that? Rikowski? It wasn't like a creative thing that was very much like an off-screen issue. I think it, I think there might have been a creative issue with not not creative issue. Uh, based on the trailer and what people are talking about with the trailer, it sounds like there must be a reason why Morpheus needs to be younger. And I mean, without spoilers, because it's not spoiling because we don't know it's the, the trailer. No, but anything. based all- on what I saw in the trailer, I think this is a prequel, and that's maybe. Like, I think that's what's subversive about it. I think that's why Morpheus is younger, because they're they're sort of letting you like that. That's the subtle hint that this is a prequel. Or is um, this one of those other Neos? Yeah, basically. Yeah, that he had it, but that he's that he's he's found like, you know, Morpheus talks about like, I've been looking for you and in the original. And I think that this is a prequel. So it's like when he first finds Neo and then he like dies and then he finds or the, the machine. I, I took it as because what is it? Resurrection or something like that? It's resurrection. Yeah, I took I took it as the machines lied. And they put everyone back in the matrix and now they have to break out all over again, which seems a little formulaic, but right. Which I mean, that would be the obvious choice. So I, I, I'm just trying to give uh, the West Wachowski, I think it's like Jane Wachowski, the benefit of the doubt and telling a really uh, subversive story because that, that was the thing. I mean, the, the reason I'm taking this is because the first matrix, if you remember the trailers from the first matrix, it was completely misdirection. It would be, it would be interesting. It would be very much on brand on theme for them. If resurrection led into the original, trilogy, trilogy. Original movie that's what and I that think. is the resurrection yes and they like you said it's going into a prequel that's that why would I be, think. that would be on with them yeah that's I why i think that. that's why morpheus is so young because I, I think that this is the beginning and so uh, maybe they'll feature like you said lawrence um towards the end or something yeah yeah but maybe. if there's bad well not else, really because he said he's not in it so we know he's not in it a lot of things not fair enough right. i'm just i'm just saying i mean misdirection man it could yeah it could all be one big con uh i think uh it's the trailer looked good um you know you if you're a fan of the series it's fun to see trinity and 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 neil back together uh so that's cool um you know part of also why i think it's a prequel is because there was a noticeable noticeable absence of bullet time and i wonder if that's like it bullet time is probably passe so from a directorial point of view they don't want to really lead with that because it's like you know it's been done to death but it, it might be interesting to that that's part of why it's a prequel because he hasn't learned to like dodge bullets yet he could, but like he could stop them so that'd be interesting um yeah so I'm, I'm saying i'm cautiously optimistic i'm actually more interested in doing at this point but i'm cautiously optimistic yeah. for 
uh, the Matrix Four. So let's see what they. Are you more excited about Dune or Foundation? Different. They're just different types of series. Um, I think Dune. Dune is Foundation has more legs. I think because it's more cerebral in terms of what they could approach with uh, Asimov's writing. Uh, have you read? Did you read the series? The, uh, the I books? am. I am. No, I did okay. not. I have them. I just recently That's got why. them. I want to read them. Yeah, yeah. No, they're really. I mean, I love them. They're. I think they're fantastic. Uh, but it's it's definitely more of a cerebral read uh, versus Dune is more action oriented. So I think it's just different. It's just different. Okay. I think most people will probably gravitate towards Dune. First of all, Dune is like a one off unless they they go on with Children of Dune and make the uh, uh, go into the other uh, more to the lore, but. Uh, but, uh, but Apple TV, I think they're going to throw a lot of money into it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, it, the trailer looked great. So, I mean, people, check it out if you if you haven't uh, already. Um, I think it comes out what? November? I don't Which know. One? I don't know. Dune comes out soon. I think Dune comes out in October. But um, no, Dune comes out in December. But uh, I don't know when, um, when uh, Foundation comes out. Anyway, what do you got? All right. I'll do this one. So I feel like this one's right up your alley. I feel like you'll have some things to say. So um, so you stop me when you want to. The title is when this, well, not the title because I, I, I messed with it, but here's my opener. When the city of Stockton, California city. Let me start that over. Cut that out. When the city of Stockton, California gave 125 people $500 per month for a year, they worked more, not less. There were no strings attached and no work requirements. Have you heard about this at all? Yeah, this is when the uh, the mayor of Stockton is really young, right? He's like 30 something. I didn't get into that. No, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, th- I, th- I believe if this is that pilot program, there are a couple pilot programs throughout the U.S. And what Jamie's talking about is UBI, which I'm a huge proponent of. So, I mean, I definitely have to declare that uh, just to be uh, just to be forthright about that. But I'm a big proponent of UBI. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be positive about this. So I'm sh- the data also seems to back that up um, aside from my my own um, uh, private uh, private. Um, uh, inclination towards it but uh but yeah you know why don't you go on with the story but yeah this is, i mean this is this is there's a few programs like this um and, and with similar story but yeah go on cool so the people were randomly chosen from neighborhoods at or below the city's median household income and they were free to spend the money any way that they liked um and researchers studied what impact the cash had on their lives so that's the whole premise of this a little bit more information. The people who received the cash managed to secure full-time jobs at more than twice the rate of people in a control group who did not receive the cash. Within a year, the proportion of cash recipients who had full-time jobs jumped from 28% to 40%, whereas in the control group only saw a 5% jump over the same period of time. The researchers wrote in their report that the money gave recipients the stability they needed to set goals, take risks, and find new jobs. One man in his 30s had been eligible for a real estate license over for over a year, but hadn't gotten to it um, because he couldn't afford to take the time off of work. But thanks to the freedom offered by this 500 bucks per month, he said to uh, he said his life was, and I quote converted 360 degrees because I have more time and net worth to study to achieve my goals, unquote. So as 
Antoine has probably said in the past um, on the pod and definitely to me, the work supports the claim that unconditional cash does not tend to disincentivize work. Not at all. Now, to be fair, there were several programs in other states and countries where unconditional cash had no impact on employment either way. But regardless of employment, it also tends to boost happiness, health, school attendance, and trust in institutions while reducing crime and depression. Absolutely. 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 And there were ripple effects of this program. For example, one woman helped her sibling buy school clothes for their kids. Another bought diapers for his grandchildren. And one person helped their daughter-in-law pay for car insurance. And the social impact is seen in other programs as well. They cited an example of Kenya, where neighboring villages benefited from one village getting the economic stimulation. Mm, That's cool. So a a little bit of it before we get into it, or if you want to dive for uh, another stipulation that I think is worth mentioning to be fair to Mm -hmm. to, to the discussion Mm -hmm. is the money was provided via debit card, debit card, Mm -hmm. and some cashed it out. And then those people could not be tracked because it's cash. Yeah, that's fine. Right. But those that used the card for purchases roughly spent the funds on home goods and clothes at 22%, utilities at 11%, car costs 10% and less than 1% on alcohol and cigarettes. And I think that's important because people are like, where well, they blow it on, right? Yeah, and it shows they, that if they did blow it on alcohol and cigarettes. It's like, who cares? The, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, the, that, that's the whole bullshit with you. But, but, but it's such of, an easy, it's a, such an easy argument to get wrapped up in. And I like, that's, that's all you get immediately. And I wanted, and I want to put it, it's dispelled immediately. So it's not even yeah. a talking point. Like that no. doesn't happen. So. Yeah, I mean, people. I'm sure people will shoot back and say, you know, they'll they'll come up with a, a million different reasons as to uh, why this wasn't blown on on drugs and prostitutes. But um, I mean, <laughs> that's just not a, it's not a necessity uh, when you see a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, the I mean, I don't. I'm not going to get into it because we're not mental health experts and everything, so I, I can't really speak to what drives people to um, to abuse drugs. All right, so I'm not really going to get into that aspect of it. But the data will show that if you provide people with a cushion, uh, they will in fact use that cushion incredibly, very responsibly. And I think that that's one of the biggest driving points that should be hit home, especially by anyone who's trying to champion UBI. That that they, the data shows that poor people are indeed smart enough to manage money. Uh, I think that the the not I think, but I know that in the culture in this country, especially, we we I we uh, we lionize the wealthy and we say that the more money you have, obviously the smarter you are. So therefore, the the inverse to that is that the the less money you have, the less intelligent you are, and that plays in that plays in wholly into why UBI has such little uh, support amongst the mainstream. There's another reason for that, and I'll get into that in a minute. But the initial one, when you first talk to people, the reason that they're like, well, how dare you give poor people just cash? They're going to blow it on crap is because there is an unspoken, unspoken culture in America that the the least amount of the less money you have it equates to how intelligent you are. You must not be very smart if you cannot earn a lot of money. That's just that's just part of our society. The, the faster we come to the conclusion, like the faster we own that. The, the the easier it is to get over that, but that's just that's just the plain truth. That that's the only reason a guy like Donald Trump could could garner so much respect is because he is wealthy, and so the, that he plays into that. It's like, well, he can't be an idiot because he is he has so much money. He made so much money, therefore he has to be smart. That that's a foul. It's just not they're not 
um, what do you call it? Um, not congruent. Uh, there's no correlation. That's it. There, <laughs> there's no correlation between that. You could get a lot of money and be an absolute moron. That's just, that's a fact of life. And so. it's also being smart, you know, or being clever in one aspect, but being deficient in several others. I mean, it's just, and it's the way that our economy is even set up. There's, and we talked about lot, this in, a lot in the past episodes on education where, you know, success, economic success is, does not equal intelligence exactly, or, or capability. No, because just as much as we could tear down Donald Trump in terms of how he acquired his wealth is the same thing you could do to how a person ended up being in poverty. You could make the exact same. You could do the exact same kind of like poking holes. You could say, well, Donald Trump inherited his wealth. You know, he was born into a wealthy family. And then there's a whole bunch of series of of, uh, systems that are in place that allows wealthy people to continue to accrue wealth, that the, the system is literally built for that. Then you could go in and talk about how the system is actually built to keep poor people poor. And you could go in and actually start, you could start picking apart various aspects of the system that will attribute to why poverty is so widespread. Well, you, you I mean, the, the easiest thing for people to probably relate to is that people generally make a lot of money through exploitation. And if you have a moral compass, you're less likely to do that. Does that mean you're not smart? Well, no. It, well, it, it, it's not. I don't, again, I, I don't think capitalism. Again, <laughs> this is. I'm not anti-capitalist, but I will just look at at its core. Capitalism is built on the exploitation of labor. That's how you gain capital. That's that's lit, it's just that's foundationally true. So you know, in, in the basis of our economic system, if you make pure capitalism, and it's not even pure capitalism, but uh, you know, it, 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 some, you have to have winners and losers. And most people are accepting of that. And that, and the thing is, even I'm upset, accepting of that. That's what, that's the beautiful thing about this. I will admit there, everyone cannot own gold yachts. That's just like, you can't do that, but some people might be able to do that. And that's fine. I don't care if you want to do that, but at the end of the spectrum, I do care if there are people who cannot afford to have a house and there are people who can't afford to live the, live the baseline life that they that a, a, a human being in an industrialized nation deserves to live, which means clean water, access to healthcare so that they can be healthy, uh, access to education so that they can better the, so they, you know, I mean, it's not, I don't want to say better themselves. That's really not great rhetoric, but you get the sensibility of what I'm trying to, to lean towards, which is just saying, if you want it, the opportunity should be available to you. And if you don't want it, that's okay too, because we can't, not everybody wants it that way. And that's fine. UBI, all UBI does is make sure that you can put food on your table and give your kids the opportunity that they deserve in a country that celebrates opportunism. Okay. And that's all UBI does. And I think at the end of the day, the more people who get on board with that, the more people who understand that's where it's coming from, the more people will fight for it and say that this is something that we should be pushing as a society. I will say now, and the other point is since I'm on my my high horse, giddy up, corporates, corporations do not like the idea of UBI. And it's for one simple reason. It's the same reason that they are not enjoying the Great Recession, which we really haven't delved into a lot in the pod uh, to date. But corporations don't like it when people being paid minimum wage have alternatives because that means it makes it difficult for them to for them to get employees into their minimum wage low skill jobs that so it is 
no corporation is going to be out there supporting UBI. UBI is an antithesis to the corporate model and to the, to the capitalistic model from which corporations derive their wealth. If everybody has enough skill to not be paid minimum wage or to not have to not be desperate enough to have to take the crappiest jobs in the country, those jobs are going to have to pay more. They're going to have to be more attractive. And that cuts into profits. So there is no reason for a corporation to support a UBI. And that is also in part as to why mainstream media and the average person thinks UBI is like a crackpot idea is because, well, no, no, no corporation out there is going to be like, yeah, UBI, let's go for it. Because that means that their price, their profits are going to shrink as a result of it. Because it has, you, you already mentioned it. People are able to go back and retrain. That's the biggest benefit of a UBI is that you have people strung out who got who just for one way, from one mean or, or from reason or another, you know, they, they cannot work a full time job and go back into school and, and educate themselves. You give them UBI, it means they could quit the shitty job, go back, get a real estate license and work for themselves. So therefore, they're no longer shucking like shucking burgers at McDonald's or, or 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 putting like, you know, whatever that meat they use at Taco Bell in, into their uh, in, into those burritos. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to do that for a living. And, and that is problematic to a corporation that subsists on selling a, a suboptimal good at, at, at very cheap prices because they don't have to pay people very much uh, in order to, to make it. Right. So, I mean, I'm sorry, we'll never get Taco Bell as a sponsor, but you know, that's, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, that's all I had to say about that. So. I am so glad I brought the topic up. Well said. I agree with everything that you said. Um, that was it's great. Not, yeah. It's not, look, I would love to have. I I would really love to. I love talking to you. I actually got into an argument two day two weeks ago over UBI because a friend of mine was like, "Well, how do we pay for it?" And I'm like, "I don't know. How, how do you pay for the drones you send over to Afghanistan? That was you. You were happy to pay for that. Like everyone's happy to pay for billion dollar jets and billion dollar this and that. And I'm like, everyone's like, oh, that's great. And at the end of the day, it could result into absolutely nothing. But, you know, give 100,000 people that money. And all of a sudden, it's a scandal because, you know, there's so many government pet projects where it's like funding is unlimited, whatever they want. Yeah, whatever you want, you get. And yet give a couple people you you can find money for this. That's my point. You don't have to raise taxes. You don't. It have would to actually probably generate more economic stimulation just by people having extra cash would. to spend, having skill sets to earn more money. Of course it would. Of course it would. Because guess what? What are the like you just said? Where does the money go? You just said it. What was the percentage of people that that spent the money on the black market? You 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 had that number. You it was like so. It was what, like, on, on alcohol and cigarettes? Alcohol. Well, no, oh sorry, one, not even alcohol. What was yeah? What's the alcohol and cigarettes? Which one percent? One percent, right? Exactly. So my point is, and and it's just even a smaller number of that that spend it on like the black market. So you've got like a point oh one percent and something of the money going. The rest of the money is going right back into the freaking system. So it's like you're giving people money that's going right back to pay for business, small businesses, it's supporting small businesses, and the government is is able to tax it. So that's the thing. The government is still getting money back on the money they're giving people. So you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's going, it's not wasted. It's not disappearing. Why doesn't our country, in. why doesn't our country trial things? Why can't we pilot it? Like we do pilot all, it. We do for everyone, but say, listen, we're gonna try this out for like two years or a yeah. year. Yeah, it's well, <laughs> there's a reason for that because if you do pilot for two years, you'll never be able to get rid of it. That's the problem. That's why we can always say the money ran out and it didn't replenish itself with the economic growth that we were all expecting. 
and any and and that would be a massive policy. All those politicians would lose their jobs because this would be so wildly popular, you could never get rid of a UBI. That's the that's that's the reality of it. You cannot do it because it would be so and, popular. You can and never why is that bad? It. It's wildly popular. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. You will find, and this is funny because we, I, we, we don't have time to talk about it. But I'm going to premise this: people, you know, ahead of the next episode, you should watch. Uh, what is that show? It's called like uh, Lula Rich, I think. Uh, you ever, did you hear about it? It's an Amazon series. That's like a four part uh, documentary. It's not a series. It's a four part documentary on this. Uh, on this, uh, they call it a, a multi multi layer. Is it an MLM? Hold on, just one second. It's a M multi-level marketing structure business. It's called Lula. Lula Rich is the documentary. I think the, the, the company is called Lula Row. But the, the funny thing about this, this is that, you know, without getting into that aspect of it, the owners of that business espouse a lot of what other people espouse, which is that if, if you're not working, like if you're not willing to scrape and scrimp and, and, and just work yourself to the bone, you're not worthy of capital. You're not worthy of money. You know, without that, that, that sort of that work ethic. Like my, my point is, is that it's, it's always the people with money that espouse this. You, you gotta like burn the midnight oil. You gotta work four jobs and like take care of your kids and like really get into it. And only then are you deserving after you save and save. And then you can get to that level that we are at the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the Elysium field, you know, like we, you know, you get to our level and, and you could, anyone who's seen the Lula rich knows I'm being very tongue in cheek because that, that is about a, essentially it's a pyramid scheme, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. The, uh, my point is that that's what you get. You get this whole, um, antiquated pu- puritanical Americanism about like work ethic and well, you get it's these not people to market for you. You tell everyone you get your own office, you get your own you get your own region and everyone's doing your dirty work for you. Everyone's doing your grunt work and you're right. at the top. Collecting and you're at the it. top. Right. And you're, but yeah. yeah, and you're, you're at the top. Of everyone's the hill, marketing like, that's for it. someone else, for someone else, but it all comes up to you. Exactly. And that's, I think that's the greatest, like sort of, you know, that that's the streets are paved with gold about America. You know, that that's the greatest Americanism is that this, this whole, uh, this, this whole falsehood of like Does any of those work hard wear parties or the Mary Kay things or we'll any get of into that because we got to get into yeah. it because it's because it's it's a whole thing the little rich I, in fact I want you to watch it and then come back because I think we could do a whole fun episode on it uh, I think you it's ever really- have a friend that says I, I'm selling something let me have a party at your house and invite all your friends yeah yeah they they're they're yeah they're it's it, it's it's really interesting but yeah it's it's very common and that's what's really cool about the whole thing is how common it is and i think that they take the the whole four-part documentary they take up they're just going after this one company but they very much are saying that this is a widespread problem within american america within american culture and there is one aspect they do mention in the documentary that i again i i want to get into it when we actually talk about the uh, talk about it um, but it, it, it was very, it, it stood out to me as like the, the pin, the linchpin as to why this is so pervasive a problem. Uh, but yeah, we can get into that next time. Anyway, I, again, I could go on and on about UBI because I just, I'm such a fan of it. And I, and I think that it gets, it gets derided. And there's many reasons why, if you are at the top, you have no interest in having a UBI and it has nothing to do with being afraid to pay for it because there is so much money in this country that we, that's the thing you can cut services that are geared towards the poor 
because that's that's what's so funny about it. People don't even encounter that. People don't even add that in when they start. That's talking an interesting point. You can cut it would services. Replace it would replace. Yes, it replaced antiquated wasted, services. Yeah, wasted money that has shown decade after decade to be ineffective at solving various problems, such as homelessness, such as mental health, such as drug. So there's so many different things, and give money to people and family members so that they can pay, then pay for private care or private or what have you. Because people know what to do with money. And that's the that's the that's the dirty truth about America is that just because you're poor doesn't mean you don't know what to do with money. You know that food and you know what's important. It's not a mismanagement. That's why you don't have exactly not managing it correctly. And that's that's the problem. Is that like if you only wouldn't have blown last week's paycheck, you'd be you'd be rich by now. But you hear it all the time. You hear it all the time. There was that Republican like under Bush who came out. I mean, he remember his whole thing was like uh, if poor people, if poor people stop buying, you don't have to go back that far. But my point is, he was like it was a bill. It was really famous because he was like, if poor people stop buying cell phones, they could like get themselves out of poverty because uh, obviously paying a thousand dollars a year right for this phone is is what kept you in poverty right like a th- like giving someone a thousand dollars for the year is going to be that's it you're you're, you're rich you're going to solve your problems with a thousand bucks you know it's, well, it's Jar- so- jared kushner i think was the one who who crystallized it a couple of years ago if not a year ago who was like just stop wanting to be poor. And I'm paraphrasing by not, but not by much. Oh yeah. No, but that, again, you get this always from the top. The top are always the first to tell you how hard you need to work. The guy who wipes his butt with thousands of dollars because it's nothing to him is always the first guy to tell you you're not working hard enough. You know why you don't have this? You're not working hard enough. The guy whose last name is synonymous with a hotel chain, a building complex, a movie theater, a luxury line of boats, a luxury line of jewelry, a watch collection. That guy is always the first guy to say, you didn't want it hard enough. You didn't work hard enough. Always, always. That's the first guy. It's always that guy. The guy who helicopters into the Hamptons is the first guy to say, you didn't want it hard enough. Always. Always. He's a hard worker. They're hard workers. Always. They're always the hardest workers out there. It's always the guy. Always that guy, the golden toilet guy is always the guy who says, This is how hard you have to work. Always, anyway. I knew you would love that topic. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And I love the, I like, I really like the stat where they were like, even in the other studies where whatever wasn't impacted, the, the, the employment bit wasn't impacted, all these other metrics hmm. were impacted. Um, including crime and depression, because the other ones you could be like, oh, they felt better. They were happier. Like what kind of right. metric is that? But right. crime and stuff like that's, that's, it's interesting, man. What do you mean? You, you didn't have to uh, increase penalties and add a yeah. sh- system and, and keep people in prison. You mean you just had to give them 500 bucks? Yeah. What's the cost of imprisonment versus 500 bucks? I mean, we, we can add, I mean, that, that, that's there. My point, that's why I get so heated about the pot that the whole thing is because nobody has an adult conversation about it. The Democrats will not have a debate about it. Congress will not have a debate about it. All the progressives who claim themselves to be socialists and progressives out there will not have a true debate about it because as soon as you have a true debate about it, it is clear that if you're in opposition to it, you have a really high, like you have a real big hill to, to, to overcome because you could just keep going on. You could say, well, you don't have to do this program. How much does that program cost? Okay. Well, just give the money to the people. How much does it cost to, to, to incarcerate someone? Oh, well, you just have to give that back to the people. And it's like, well, 
well, I'm here because I uh, have to support the prison complex because, well, there's corporations who build these prisons and we need to fund. We have to have people in them. Right. So we can't give people they money. Too, they too big to fail <laughs> because we can't <laughs> give people money because then, then who the hell is going to fight fires for 10 cents a day? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for proving. That's my point. If you were honest, you are proving our point. Yes. Thank you. Yes. You don't have to fight fires or 10 cents a day because you have a degree and you didn't feel like you need to go to prison and you're not caught in the system and you could still vote and you could still participate and you have a foundation in order to, to build your life off of. It's fantastic. Oh my God. UBI. It's paying for itself. Jesus Christ. It's so apparent. Anyway. I mean, worst case, you cancel it. You let it run out. You let the pot run dry and you're like, all right, that's it. And it would be amazing, right? Because we will spend, <laughs> we'll spend what was it, three trillion dollars on an on an experiment. It was called a war. We're happy to experiment in many ways. Twenty years worth of an experiment trying to build Afghanistan. I, I mean, we're willing to experiment with a war in Afghanistan. Twenty years worth of it, and yet two years, right? UBI. That's too much now because it is, and there's a big reason for that because guess what? No one, you knew people get tired of fighting in Afghanistan, but you know, no one's going to get tired of getting a $500 check every week. That's just not going to happen. So I knew it. This is the Antoine episode. <laughs> I'm just here for the ride. Oh man, man. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the, uh, that's where we are. That's um, it's another episode of Retraction. <laughs> Lula Rich next time, uh, and uh, and maybe we'll read some stuff uh, as opposed to just running off the cuff. But um, yeah, so, okay. yeah, JB, where can they find us? At Retraction Media, hit us up on Twitter, rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform, and keep sending us ideas, guys. We love it. And with that, Retraction out. <laughs>